This podcast is a conversation by Julie Benetti and Susan Bobro and is a production of VI Alliance. Copyright 2020. And this chart-busting hit, Alone Leave Me, courtesy of New Threads, is available everywhere. Hi, Julie here. And Susan is here too. I thought you were going to introduce both of us, but I'm here too. And Dorothea Brand is here. Back with us to talk about Wake Up and Live. We're channeling her, right? <laughs> That's what you do. Is that a medium or is that psychic? Well, wait a minute. It's an extra I... large. <laughs> So, Dorothea Brand, we finally are bringing a woman in. Finally a woman. And actually, the book is interesting in the fact that it's not written like all the other books that we've read. It just seems to have a kind of a different way of approaching it, approaching the whole idea of her definition of waking up and live. Mm. You didn't find that? Yeah, no, I just you just made me think, well, what could be different? Because, right, it's a female, you know, writing it. So it's a different vernacular, per se, but not really. But there's a different tone to it. And there's some other aspects brought into it, probably because it's a female. And guess what? We're females, so we can say what we want. And there is a difference. I'll speak for myself. There is a difference... You can find often the way a male and a female write, and sometimes, you know, a male can write like a female, a female can write like a male. I don't think it's as much that as it is what she, how she approaches it. Um, I think there's a hugely different tone. Well, that's, well, the tone is, is in the way that she approaches it and the way she discusses it and the way she puts the words together. As opposed to other males from, I was just going to try to see in my, in my books online, so it's well, kind of funny. That's kind of the vernacular. 1936. Yeah. So, I mean, she's not, you know, Hillary Clinton coming out today and being, you know, I am this and the women of today. Today mm-hmm. we, we're in a different place where mm-hmm. equality is, I mean, I'm not going to get into that cotton, the whole, that discussion, but we are far further along today than we were back in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. And similar to the other people that we've written, she's writing this and it got published. It got published right in the midst of the uh, Depression. Right. And I think she's, when I read it, I, I hear more of a, uh, a female idea. Um, I don't know how to describe it. Because she talks much more about uh, a dreamer. In distinguishing between dreaming of something and doing something, which I think as she just she defines as her um, as people being victims to a will to fail. Hmm. And go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say we we did an introductory podcast on this where I think we just took out parts that we liked really quickly and just commented and so it was more of a kind of you know introductory to the whole Mm. thing yet you know again yes this was published in 1936 and there's 12 chapters and you know they're not extensive you know very Mm -hmm. wordy chapters but they're pretty intense Mm -hmm. each one is is pretty you know momentous in its in its own way shape and form and the basic crux 
of it is that, you know, realizing the presence of a will to fail is the first step of turning from failure to success. And the whole concept of the will to fail and even presenting this as a concept is just uh, pretty incredible. And the way it's presented in, like you said, you know, mentioning, you know, dreaming and, and even going into the imagination and just concepts that she kind of interlines with it and with your daily life and what you actually experience kind of more in a grounded way versus so probably you some of grounded. the males. Right. So yeah. where I'm going, when you when I said about dreamer, she's talking about wasting the time, quote, dreaming your life away. She, and, I, and I think if you think about women, I mean, back in that time frame, not so much today, but back then, I mean, if you were married and you're, you know, you were Mrs. So-and-so, right? You weren't, you know, so-and-so, you were Mrs. so I mean, I'm going to uh -huh. go back to like Steve, uh, when we watched Bewitched, you watched the early, um, early, and, and Samantha, you know, she gets stopped at one point. And who are you? I'm Mrs. Darren Stevens. Mm -hmm. And that's how she defines herself. And, you know, and if you think about it, she's talking as a woman in that time, that time period. And I think about it, she's really talking about being who you are and don't dream and waste your life. Um, those are my words I'm throwing mm -hmm. in there. She's saying don't dream your life away. Make a plan and get out there and get it. Which no woman was saying that at that time. It was really be a good wife, you know, be a good mother and take care of everybody. And she kind of flips it. And, um, and she doesn't say you don't do those things. Mm -hmm. She's saying that you look at it in a different way. And, um, and, and, and she talks about, um, on one of these, and, you know, if I try to find it, God knows if I'll find it, but she talks about um, everything that we need to do whatever we want is imagination and the willingness to disturb old ha an old habit until it becomes, you, you develop new patterns. Mm -hmm. Hi, this is Julie here with Susan. What's one of the favorite books that we've written together? My favorite would be Energetic Invocations mm. because you tricked me into writing it <laughs> and it wrote itself and I just was grateful to be a part of it. I like all the books we've written. We've had so much fun, but that's probably my favorite. What you know, you? I agree with you. I love Energetic Invocations. The invocations, they're really powerful and I love the way it slides into the Endra book. So the Endra scripts is really fun. So I agree with you. Awesome. Hey, Susan, the other day I was stuck in traffic. Yeah. And I sometimes listen to our podcast, not because I want to listen to myself. You want to listen to me. Yeah, okay, no. Yeah. Because when I listen, it's like all new, all over again. Do you ever wonder who said that? And yeah. you realize some people say we sound alike. So whenever <laughs> I hear something that I'm like, I don't remember saying that, I just attribute it to you. I like that. And there's four shows, so I could be in the car a long time. <laughs> and you may just be. What woman was talking like that? I mean, most women at that time were not working. They weren't out there actually being able to create anything, right? Hmm. Again, I'm not talking today, hmm. but what she says relates today to today, but I'm not even getting to that point yet. Hmm. And she's saying things that, like I said, that's why a lot of them are men. Hmm. Because they're, they're out working, they're out there, you know, creating 
you know, manufacturing, they're developing, they're expanding while the women are basically at that time just keeping things stable and keeping things running in the background. Hmm. And that, and I'm not minimizing what women did, but what I'm saying is that she even says with that, you have the ability to, to change things. And wow. women probably felt unempowered at that point. You know, if you married someone and they were a jerk, you were stuck. That's, that's completely... Uh, you weren't thinking fascinating. That. No, I didn't. I didn't even. No, I don't think of her as a woman like that at all. Which is amazing. I, I didn't even take it into that societal realm because I thought of her more along the lines of a of a compatriot with a Dion Fortune, oh. who was back of that. She was a um, a British occultist. And she, she's the one who had people in her home, and they would have mediums and, and metaphysicians, and they would be talking about different things about nature of consciousness. And so along the whole line of, you know, a, a woman's actual role, I mean, that brings a whole grounded kind of societal aspect into it. I didn't even take that into account. I did find it fascinating. I think I mentioned in the introduction that... You know, I briefly found that that her husband, or when she got married, her husband Collins was in publishing, and I thought, oh, okay, you know, so you know, maybe there were different aspects to how she got published and what she did, and and that you know she was in New Hampshire and and stuff, and I didn't even take into account that she was making a statement. That's funny because she is a woman, but making a statement more towards you know the woman in in, in a well, woman's movement type thing. I of, didn't. Of I what didn't. Their activities I didn't are. mean to suggest that. What I meant is though the the writing. I mean, because we, we will eventually, and I don't know if we're going to get to it in this podcast. Is is going into some of the the uh, the disciplines that she talks about to to help get yourself into the you know changing patterns and old beliefs. Um. Even before that, though, when I read this, it's it's interesting because she's talking from, again, a female perspective, in my mind, you know, about, um, I guess the other part of it is in the female perspective, she talks a lot more about feeling, mm. the feelings, um, you know, in, in some of the things, and we can go into it, but when she talks about, like, um, one of the quotes I have, and I'm just because I have so many of them written down, and I try to find out, but we seldom realize how great how great an amount of the friction we all undergo in our lives comes from our expecting to be rebuffed or ignored. Didn't you? Uh, uh, you know, and she talks about you know in terms of getting cooperation, and she talks about you said tone, the tone of success that she says in terms of getting people to cooperate. There's a point where she says, um, and I'd have to find it, She in, and she refers to, um, didn't you ask for cooperation in such a way as to leave room for refusal or grudging action or for being ignored? Now think of the ideal way in which that question could have been asked and that order given. She talks about when you want to get someone to work with you and, and I thought, that's interesting, because you read the male, a lot of the male things, they don't talk about that. Here she is. It's almost like a little bit of mismanners. You know, did you ever think about the way you asked the question? Did you ever think about, did you leave room for someone to say no? 
And and I just thought I was like that's that's just kind of interesting. It's a female perspective of that. You know, could you have done something different, better? Hmm. And it, and she does. She goes a whole lot of this does go into the whole mindset. I'm not denying any of that, and we can go into that. But even before we get to that, this is kind of like isn't my, that funny? Because isn't isn't that is that a common trait or characteristic of women? Where it's like, well, okay, let me take this yes. upon myself, and what is it that yes. I could have done better? Yes. And and I think yes. she brings that up to almost punch it out. And so it's it's it, and so. Uh, where I found her difference uh, as a female is that she was able to call out certain things and say, you know, that for example, like doing a puzzle or something like that could be a distraction. Whereas, you know, I'm not really sure if that's ever been listed in, in any mm. of the male, no. you know, authors that right. we've kind of looked at in this series. And, in that sense, she could bring not really a groundedness, but almost a homey sense to it. But also, I think she's she's kind of a lot tougher than the than the men were because exactly. when she says, exactly. you know, going way into it, she says, you know, okay, act as if it were impossible to fail. Yet, what does that really mean? And and when you're going into that. I mean, you you hear that so many times from you know different variations of anywhere from Napoleon Hill to you know other men in the series that we've we've looked at and we've analyzed their books and talked about it, and you hear about that and it's uh, okay, act as if, act as if. What does that mean? And it's a very kind of just one dimensional and she gives it more dimension sure. by kind of yes. saying what it doesn't mean. Well, I think it she goes. So, so that's why I was like, I actually see this as if I were going to discuss this book, which we are. I see this as almost three pieces. First, is that the female end of it, which talks about feelings, talks of, again, like you said, as women, we tend to question ourselves, doubt ourselves, or and she addresses that. That's kind of the to me the first part. The second part is is going into the will to fail, which is. Huge. Some of the things that she talks about, and I'm a huge fan of Napoleon Hill, and I see the difference, and I learn things from her that I didn't learn from him, and maybe because I am a, a female, I have certain things that she hits in, hits upon here, whereas being a male, he's not going to hit upon it, not because he's not good or whatever, but because he has a different, he's a, you know, different viewpoint. He's mm. into, you know, and so I think the idea of bringing that in is cool. And then, of course, I think the third part really is going into some of the stuff that she says to do. She gives, she, like, what would a mom do, right? Back mm. then, this is what you got to mm. do. Start with this, clean your room, do you make your bed, blah, 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 you know, mm. going through the list. And I, and I think that I enjoyed this because she does bring in the female side of it, which we are more into. And like you said, who talks about a puzzle? And who is more apt to do a puzzle or a crossword Mm. or something like that? It's more a female because the female, especially then, was more tending to be in the house. Right. And waiting and, and taking care of things. And she also says and I want to find because she talks about feeling and um, you know she also talks about before we go into the meat of, of, of the whole will to fail which is huge imagination 
versus daydreaming. And she says sometimes the way to define that is does work flow from it? So if you're just sitting here daydreaming, when you come out of it, it's kind of there's nothing to do, right? It's like, mm -hmm. oh, versus if your imagination, you're using your imagination to say solve a problem, even if you don't get the problem solved, when you're done, you have, all right, now I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this, mm -hmm. I'm going to try that. And it's interesting because, um, like, I think I go to Napoleon Hill because he is my, my favorite one. He talks about your mindset. You just, he talks about training your mind and you just do X. And I think as women, we do see things differently. That's not, that's science. I mean, there's, there are people that say that way we think. And I think she says, okay, understand that this is how you might approach it because we are women. This is how we exist. But, and then she takes it, which will the next part. And then she, she goes right along with the whole mindset. So I, I, that's what I mean, that it was written differently, which I don't think like, oh, being a woman, you would enjoy this. I think even, I mean, I've enjoyed Napoleon Hill and being a male version. I think this being a female version could help anyone. You know, you know what's funny about this is she shares those parts, but it doesn't, <laughs> it's a horrible way to say it, but I can say it because I'm a woman. She shares those parts, but it doesn't negate the intensity of the material because mm -hmm. it's not fluffy in any way no. shape or form nope. so not only does she share the parts that you could say oh that's fluffy tearjerker stuff it's not you know a, a, a woman's talk show where people are just kind of sharing you know stuff to to emote the senses and the feelings and emotions but she shares that stuff but it's only to fortify exactly. her points exactly, and, and that's so what, that's where, what I'm in agreement with you. I don't and and so in in sharing the stuff to only fortify the points, it gives you a really um, grounded, for lack of a better word, to say of of how to really ascertain those elements and incorporate them in you know combating the will to fail. So I, I I agree with you. I can't agree with you more. Um, and what I'm saying, well, the point I'm trying to make is, and then I go to her imagination versus daydreaming. Like that's such a woman thing. I'm going to say it, and you can get mad at me or anyone else can. It's such a female way of looking at it. I think, but it's a very powerful. I don't mean that it's fluffy. I don't mean that at all. It just takes on, you know, when someone says something and you hear it four or five different ways and you hear it another way and you're like, oh my God, I get it. And the way that she brings it in is, does work follow from it? That's a wonderful way of looking. Are you just daydreaming your life away or are you really using your imagination to create what you want? I just think that's a powerful way of saying it. Maybe that just resonated for me. I don't know, but I, I, I agree. So. It is a powerful way to say it, and I think in in actuality, when you compare that to a lot of the male writers who have said utilize your imagination, there's never been that. But wait a minute, you know, we're not saying daydreaming. Right. We're really talking about using your imagination. There's just that general understood if that's what it is that's there in that sense. And so to really kind of get a different aspect of the imagination in this is so important and makes it even more potent information. 
The other last thing, and then we can really go into the will of fail, will to fail, is this is the only time I've ever heard this said. And she says that when do you ask for help? And she really says, really, you have everything you need. You do not need help. I've never heard that anywhere else. Mm. And what I love, and this is a huge takeaway for me, huge, is she says, when you have a genuine problem, the first step should be to write it out or to formulate it verbally with exactness so you can see just what it is that's troubling you. Because if you do that, and she says it, if you don't think about you just think, oh, I have a problem, what am I going to do? And if someone says, hey, I'm here to help you, you're like, uh... If you figure out exactly what it is that you need, you can go out and get it. And she's the only one. and Because she says, if you have imagination and determination, you have everything you need. And that's the first time I've ever seen anyone put that in paper. And once again, who is it? A woman. And back in the 1930s, we all know women were, again, as successful if they were, you know, by the, the men that they associated with. Hmm. It doesn't exist now, and I'm not saying that the men were better. I'm saying it was just that's the way things were back in the 1930s. Hmm. So I just think that was it's yeah, an important yeah, something. Okay. I just yeah. thought it was an important thing to uh, to understand yeah. and going into this that she was a woman, and she's preached she's going to approach it differently. But something really valuable about this is that it's timeless. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's and yes. not that what you said isn't relevant, but the aspect of whatever time she lived and whatever sh- time she was in and how she shared it, it was meaningful, yes, for that yes. time period. But it's also irrelevant in, in a space of just a here and now where, you know, even these little intricacies of looking at the imagination differently and looking at, you know, asking asking for help is actually asking yourself to allow yourself to open up into those resources and so those little tiny things that are that are once again so powerful you know can, can make a world of difference in understanding right. Right. you know the the whole epitome of the will to fail so i think that's huge and i and i agree with you that it is timeless and I just think for back then, the situation so much different. And look at the, the immensity of what she caught mm. and what she wrote about. It, it, in the, in just the fact that it is timeless and is so apropos today mm-hmm. <laughs> is, you know, what she, it's almost like, does she really know how, what she wrote, how, the depth of it mm. and how um, it, it goes well beyond just the immediate you know, situation. Mm. And I think in the beginning, she even explains, I think she was not overwhelmed. She doesn't explain it in that kind of misty eyed type situation Mm -hmm. or response. But I think she was, hmm, she was pleasantly surprised or however you want to say it. And what the response was of of people that wanted to hear more and not just women, but men who wanted to hear more about this. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, wake up and live by Dorothea Brand. You can find it online. Mm. So you can download it and find it and and absorb it and you know and, and enjoy our conversation and and travel with us through it because we're going to be traveling, baby. <laughs> we're going. I'm, yeah. 
And so when um, when she begins and enters in, I mean, we already did an introduction to it. Now we kind of like, you yeah. know, did a, you set know, the scene. set the scene. Exactly. And when she enters into it, I think one of the interesting vibrations is that, you know, she really claims we are victims to a will to fail. And you can see that and you can take action against it with an awareness and that we don't have to make failure a certainty. And, you know, one of the, one of the great things she says is that, you know, you, you oftentimes in situations, you know, she, she goes on to explain how, you know, you're really tired, things aren't going the way you want, yada, yada, yada. You're doing all these time-killing pursuits, you know, often encouraged by others to participate in them. Mm -hmm. And and she says that the best thing of all that you don't really realize, which is kind of funny, but not at all because you're doing it to yourself, <laughs> but that it takes energy to fail. Exactly. So you're using your energy to fail, which is astronomical. I mean, just to go into that awareness. If you're really pooped and you're tired and you're exhausted and your things aren't working and things aren't going the way you want, and she uses the word inconspicuous, <laughs> inconspicuous failures, which is um, which is exactly what you're talking about. Things that we do that we're not even aware of. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the things, and I can't give you page numbers because mine doesn't work that way. <laughs> but she talks about, you know, um, I think I just lost it. We. Um, we silently, she, she says, you know, when, when something occurs and it doesn't go all the, the way that we hope for, she says one reason it is so easy to deceive ourselves, ourselves, again, talking about inconspicuous, is that somewhere along the way we seem silently to enter in a sort of gentleman's agreement with our friends and acquaintances. Quote, don't mention my failures to me and I will never let the hint that you are not doing quite all I should expect of you to cross my lips. Mm. Which means we, we, you know, we, it's almost like the, the that's the unwritten rule, mm. you know, when we sit and complain to each other and whine to each other, mm. it's my way of saying, I won't tell you what I expect of you, what I had in mind, and you won't tell me, and we'll kind of keep those failures under the rug. Hey folks, Julie and I do a whole lot of talking, but you know, a lot of that comes from self-reflection and really looking at our lives and things that didn't make sense. And we sat down and figured out the questions that were important to us and some of the philosophy behind it. And we put it together in a journal. Ooh. Check it out. And who doesn't love a good journal? Get your favorite pen and just get writing. Hey, Julie, do you remember the old Tootsie Roll Pop commercial? It's how many bites does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop? Oh, yes. Okay, you do remember that. How many rings does it take to get someone to answer the door on Halloween? Depends on if you have candy or not. Well, how many clicks does it take to get the Halloween trivia ebook? Just a one. Just a one. Get yours today. Ever have something happen and wonder, how does this relate to my life? Often, it's in your perspective. Energetic Invocations, a book of vibrational change, can help you clarify your perspective. Susan and I wrote it for ourselves to process what we were experiencing. Face it, we all experience similar situations. It's our reactions that count and often against us. Awareness is a commodity today, so raise the value in your journey. Do the work with Energetic Invocations, a book of vibrational change and energetic invocation series today on Amazon.
and she's you know brazen enough to say that and I mean wouldn't you want to hear that mm. what are you doing to sabotage yourself oh I do nothing I spend time with my friends I do puzzle what <laughs> where is it moving you to and, it, and simply you know she says there's a will to fail and we may be its victims and you know it's time to admit that and when she goes into, or you, when she goes into the victims of the will to fail, and and it's actually, you know, as hard as it is to get some of these things thrown in your face, it starts to get humorous, because you could check off, yes, 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 yeah. yes, I do that, do that. It's like, oh, no wonder why I haven't finished that, you know. Right. And you know, things from just basically acting as if you have thousands and thousands of years to live. Yeah. And, you know, sleeping more than you need, you know, not indul- you know, not doing activities or doing too many activities, indulging. indulging, right? Mm-hmm. Heavy drinking, heavy eating, the you movie know, all constant all movie theater goers. I mean, they're just there's just kind of funny. They you know, <laughs> she says the dull knitters, embroiderers, you know, I, I if mean, there's no enjoyment in it and they're just oh yeah, here well, I, I think am. that's important right there what you said because I that's what I want to take a little exception to because she says that one of the things that she does say and, um, you know, she says, quote, know thyself and teach children that in school and teach children that in school and, re- and to redefine success for oneself. And so, it, you know, if you're uh, if you love knitting, you, you do it because you enjoy doing it. Mm. That's OK. And I, and I don't know if I think she says, you know, she says you do it to the point of and I can't find it. Um you know, you do it to, I uh, can't find it. You know, you do it as, um, to excess. And I'm trying, which is going to what you're doing. Uh, where is it? Where are we here? Yeah, I can't find it. I'll find it in a few minutes and I'll scream it out. <laughs> like, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, you know, I think it's, it's important to go into again because this, this shows you, you know, and it's not like, oh my gosh, this is a heartily crime, a will to fail, but, you know, to have the awareness that you're doing it and all those things, you know, I mentioned the, the sleeping too many hours or habitually marking time with your words, which she says, you know, the constant sure. blabbers, the ones that, um, they exhaust themselves over the useless details and the ones taking eternal, the eternal, what, postgraduate course takers, yeah. she says. And she's specific, the constant yes. researchers. Yes. And, you know, who of us sometimes, and sometimes when I'm researching for a book, I know I fall into the research. And then it's like, hello, am I going to produce yeah. something here? And and so, you know, that's a determinator. You kind of go, oops, you know, there you go. Or the universal charmers or people who have purposeless activities or routines. Well, she talks on that about the line, this is what I was looking for, between recreation and obsession. Mm. When it becomes recreation, I don't think she says there's anything wrong with that. And the other thing she says for all those things that you just mentioned, you know, those become rewards for failure. So if you're, if you're, um, you know, drinking to excess, well, the reward is that you get to drink and you pass out or whatever it is. And that's the reward for falling into failure. If you're a dreamer and you're not doing, you're not moving forward. What's the reward? You get to dream. You get to dream about another life that you have. 
and the dream continues. I think there's mm -hmm. a really important part to that where the dream continues. And especially if, you know, if you try something and you had difficulty and you just get discouraged and you stop, well, you can continue. And this is like revolutionary that she says. You can live on that feeling that, well, I tried. Right. Well, I tried. Yes. And then you can turn around and be critical of others. <laughs> Which... And then you can live on that and you can start to set standards. And then your failure becomes honorable. <laughs> And, and then, you know, you can become a benefactor. You can, you know, so you avoid the struggle and the pain and the humiliation. And so you don't have to bear the competition and the criticism. Right. And you can prolong and isn't that, that state that you're in. And that's that a reward. A reward. That's, that's a reward. reward. That's, like, amazing. So, mm -hmm. and, and I thought one of the really cool things she said, you never see the discrepancy between the finished work and the work as you had hoped to do it. Mm. And so there's no kind of challenge there. And so um, if someone else achieves it, this I thought was an incredible point too. Because, you know, if you have kids or something yeah. like that and someone else achieves it, well, you don't want to surpass their situation. So I think that was, that's pretty interesting to contemplate that you know that that idea of you know what is part of the will to fail and yet part of the reward is that you don't want to surpass somebody that you love or you can somehow that that gets convinced inside yourself and who would be the only one that would think something like that <laughs> would be a mom mm -hmm. or a sister mm -hmm. or i mean so again that's where and you know the other thing that she said that is um you know, she also talks about what you're saying. Will the first success become our last? Mm. And, you know, that's also the other thing is if, you know, do you stop? Do you do one thing and then you're afraid to step into that space again? And what she says, which I thought just, it's like turned everything upside down, is, is she talked about if you need help to get to success... You go to the feeling just before the success. Mm. Everyone else, and mm. I realize for myself with certain things, I go to the feeling after you have it. You know, they, you know the secret, here it is, because you know I always, the secret, act as if you're so successful. Right. No. Right. When you had, when you had, and this was huge. I'm like, this was huge. And of course, my notes were, of course, written by a woman, because of course, <laughs> it's the feeling. Right. Right. She taught, I mean, Napoleon Hill says that you have that mindset, I'm just going to get this, and that's it. You just keep your focus, and he's a thousand percent correct. But she goes to the feeling just before the success. You know, you don't sit there and you're happy and everything's great and wonderful. That feeling you had just before you got it, that's what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's when I, for my own personal when I'm at a point that I'm trying to accomplish a certain thing I think of the last time and it's really is being in that space of this is going to work because this is what I want to do or however whatever the feeling is I'm not trying to tell anyone what it should be I'm just giving an example of it it isn't the feeling that it's done it's the feeling just before it and to me that was a game changer mm. that's that's the that was absolute, a game changer. That's the absolute best definition of the utilization of your imagination yes. that I've ever heard. Yes. And all of 
all of my research because when it and it and it takes you to like to the plateau point mm-hmm. and everyone else takes you to oh yeah you should have this you yeah. should have well this. it's the so yada yada yada, yada. it's it's we always say that the yada 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 point of like well wait a minute you were here and how did you get there and it's not necessarily you need the and no one even talks about it even if someone talks about the steps that they took it's again i'm going to use the word the critical path because i'm reading the book you know it's not just these are the five steps that you get to here because that's what every guru and everyone else will tell you it's it's a feeling it's a whether it's a knowing uh, an intuitive feeling a gut reaction that i have to make this work that is the key to it and she says it like you said it's that you've read you've researched it's the best description and that's why i said of course it's a woman because she's going to go into the feeling and the feeling just before it happens not the feeling after it's occurred and so the resolution is act as if it were impossible to fail and i mean this is just again it's why you usually reiterate but it's in in even the notes i took to just really stress that your imagination and you're using it by accessing something you've already felt mm-hmm. and and that's kind of the act as if that's never it's, it's never exactly. explained that's in the terminology the stupid it's law never explained description right and it's never explained in the terminology imagine you are going towards a prearranged and inevitable success and and it is a complete game changer just like you said in and I think, you know, she kind of she kind of says in there, your mind becomes liberated and stretches into more expanded possibilities. Right. And what better place to be in than possibility? And, and the only thing I have to say to that, because she says it, is you have to. Oh, let me see. Wait a minute. Um, she says, and 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 I, you know, I skim my notes, but. There, the long, dammed-up flow sets in. Unhampered activity opens up into a promise of others in the future. There may be some actual embarrassment from seeing too many expanding possibilities until you have learned to organize your new life. Mm. Which is which is funny because, like you said, the more you do it, the more things open up, and the more open um, the more open you are to that additional possibilities flow in and that's when i think you and i sometimes have that conversation of like okay wait a second when am i like jumping into everything and when am i kind of allowing things to to really the 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 cream to kind of bubble up to the top Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because once again i i read her book and i see a lot of myself in it and i'm like that's exactly what happens there's that that long dand up flow boom starts to kick in mm. and you're like whoa i never thought oh you could do this you could do that and people contact you and you're like ah mm. and it's like well what do, you know we always say like okay which ones do you act upon which ones don't and and i think that's some you know is what is what occurs and i can i can see this and she t- and i think there seems to be and she talks very non-personally like she doesn't bring in a lot i mean she does bring in some of her own her own stories if i want to call it that her own history but she talks about it really a lot in the third person she doesn't get very caught up in well let me tell you what i did but a lot of the stuff she talks about Mm. gets into more detail the real detail than anywhere else either 
and she gets into it like what we're talking about the that all the possibilities open up i haven't read that anywhere else before <laughs> you know what i mean people right. will say right. oh look at this one and they did this and they'll give examples of possibilities that popped up for various you know people in their stories but they never say it that way and and, and again i look at it as i say of course she's a woman because she's going to have a different her voice and you use the word tone and her her voice and how she sees it and expresses herself is going to be different. Mm. And I just I, I find it very very interesting and you know it's really worth the effort to to really peruse you know what the ways you can victimize yourself and the will to fail and then the real specific rewards of failure and and to really become aware and to notice that because I think a, another big one in there is what I would just kind of roll up into a ball of even just the fear aspect and I had never kind of seen it alluded to this in this way because you know a reward of that is you just kind of staying paralyzed in in the fear of like what's going on outside and mm -hmm. what's you know and and okay you could you know uh, uh, there's you could do something but then that would incur gossip and that would incur curiosity of the crowd and that would incur something else to occur and so then that immediately like opens up the void of the will to fail, which is which is astounding. Well, because the reward is you don't have to face those fears. Those fears no longer materialize. That's the reward. Well, those or that's one part of it. Yet the other part I saw that was you know amazing was that that can keep coming at you to keep you. And the will to fail that can keep coming at you just you know you see stuff going on outside you see the state of the nation you see the way the world is you see this oh my god you see the news you see that and it's not just the traditional sense of kind of fear and stepping out of your comfort zone or, or doing what you really want to plan to do but then you turn around and you you start comparing and saying well if i do that oh my gosh is it going to open up this is it going to open up that and it keeps you paralyzed so are you going to follow that fear or are you going to follow this podcast and listen to more of Dorothea? Thank you for listening to this production from EI Alliance. Check out our Amazon authors pages for books and podcasts. Find New Threads music and their latest album on iTunes, Spotify, and newthreads.us.